Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. There's a tendency to think because it's always been this way, it will always stay this way. And unfortunately, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you really, really believe that, you cut yourself off from resources, including your own thoughts and creativities that can shift that dynamic and have an outcome this time that's really very unpredictable from the history you've had. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. I'm here today with Lisa Brick. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you, Karen. It's great to be back. We have a great topic today. We're going to be talking about the power of faith over fear as you're navigating divorce. The uncertainty of divorce um, leaves our proverbial door wide open for fear as we enter uh All of that uncertainty, fear is very loud and blaring. And today we're going to be talking about how fear fills the unknown um, with dread and loss and pain. And faith, on the other hand, counteracts and combats that and leads to a very different experience and possibility. So with that, take it away, Lisa. I've been thinking a lot about what to compare divorce to and how faith becomes such an important player when we're going through the experience of divorce. And uh, as a matter of fact, I spent hours in just reflecting on this last night and looking at, at different comparisons. And what I came up with is surgery, that in some ways divorce is like a surgery and what we're having cut out is a relationship that was a a core part of our identity for, you know, years or decades. 
and that that surgery, like all surgeries, um, is is painful. And when we're going into surgery, for any of you who've experienced it, you know that there's a certain amount of fear. What's going to happen? Will it go smoothly? Will I heal the way I want to heal? Will I have all my capabilities when I get out of it that I had going into it? And in some surgeries, you're wondering, will I have more if you're getting knee replacements? Um, you know, when you're done with that surgery, you can walk without pain again. You can run. I think you can even jump, although I'm not sure. And with divorce, there's a similar, it's a non-cancerous tumor. It's, it's in you. It's going to be cut out. And because we're human beings and because we have such powerful creativity in our, free, our prefrontal cortex, we can't control what happens during a divorce any more than we can control what happens during surgery. But we can go into the experience and go through the experience using our, our brains to see the positive that, yes, this is going to hurt. Yes, this is going to take some time. Yes, there may be unanticipated circumstances that occur. But I can either look at this and allow the fear to take over, or I can look at this experience and see what are the potential benefits that could come from it, and how can I meet each challenge that arises with grace and dignity, with intelligence, using my resources, gathering my support team together to help me through smartly. And just like in surgery, it has a beginning, it has a middle, it has a recuperation period, it has in many cases um, going to rehab after doing physical therapy. And when we come out, we usually come out much stronger than we went in with more capabilities than we had, even if we have to relearn them or learn new ways to be. So letting fear take over doesn't help us go through either divorce or surgery. We can't avoid it. It's not like we can say, oh, I'm just not gonna be afraid because that's not what happens. We fear occurs, whether we want it to or not. It's legitimate. We're going from a known situation, even if it isn't optimal. We're comfortable with the uncomfortable known. To God, I don't know what the heck's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to end up. I don't know how much money I will have at my disposal at the end of this. I don't know what kind of work I'm going to be able to get. If you're going from being a stay-at-home parent to back into the marketplace. And if you use, and I'm going to call faith, you know, there, there's a couple of different ways to look at faith. In our Judeo-Christian Muslim mentality, faith is about trust in a, a divine that's much larger, that has our backs, much larger than we are. 
And that's a, a very powerful way to call upon faith. But for those who are agnostic or have no belief in a higher power, faith in, in the Buddhist sense can be faith in your intelligence to work your way through, faith in knowing that you will have support when you need support. And you can take action steps to enroll that support. Faith in that everything positive you have done in your life can be behind you to help push you through this challenging time. And it's faith in some ways that the universe, however you imagine it, will have your back, even if it has never felt like the universe has had your back up till now. You know, Karen and I both experienced that for folks going through really, really troubling relationships and harsh divorces, it's often because you've had troubling relationships and harsh experiences from the get-go almost. Um, and there's a tendency to think because it's always been this way, it will always stay this way. And unfortunately, that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because when you really, really believe that, you cut yourself off from resources, including your own thoughts and creativities that can shift that dynamic and have an outcome this time that's really very unpredictable from the history you've had. And Karen, myself, our other coaches, we see it with the folks that come and work with us, that their stories and their actual, you know, lived experiences from the past don't have to control their experiences in the present and their path in the future. And all of this is what I'm um, melding into this concept of faith, that this time it's going to be, it's going to be okay. I can trust that I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to perceive things differently. When thoughts come in my head, like he always gets to win or she, she will never stop controlling me. That you use that faith to say, wait, wait, wait a second. Is that, if that's the reality of the living, is that the reality I want to move into the future with? And that's what I'm calling faith. So it's whether it's a, a divine power that you believe in or a newfound allowance for yourself that this time can be different. This time can be healthier. It can be softer. It can be better no matter who my spouse is and no matter whether he or she changes one iota or not, I'm going to be the one that changes. 
I'm going to be the one that seeks out new ways to think and feel and act. And I'm the one that's going to navigate the situation towards an outcome that is healthier and is more rewarding for me going forward. Yeah. 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 I think that a a couple of things I heard many years ago when I was going through my divorce, I was in a 12 step program and someone said fear and faith can't reside in the same place at the same time. And as I'm listening to you, there is a choice. And whether we make it consciously or unconsciously, that fear voice is so loud and it's got this historic evidence right behind it. Um, And we can choose to listen to it as you're talking about and just keep going down that old path with that rut that hasn't worked for us. Um, the other thing is that um, faith is believing without seeing. And that's a lot of what I hear you saying is, well, what's the opposite? The opposite is an experience maybe I've never had before. Maybe I've always had unhealthy relationships or um, my experiences, my fear voices is aligning with my past experiences. Faith is believing that it can be different. Uh, you, You don't see it. You may not have experienced it yet, but that opening up your mind and believing that this is happening, um, for me, not to me, and that there's an opportunity for me to lean into and trust and believe in something new and different, uh, is really scary. And it's almost feels like, well, I have no solid ground to stand on that. There's no, there's no proof to stand on that. And what I hear you saying is that we build the proof is that as we lean into our faith, as we trust a better outcome, as we shift our perspective to, it doesn't have to be that way. It can be better that we begin to build that path and that foundation um, to a new way of being and experiencing relationships in life. Going through divorce is challenging. It involves many issues, legal, financial, emotional, and social, and requires the guidance of a seasoned legal team to achieve optimal outcomes. That's the promise of Laufer, Delena, Jensen, Bradley, and Doran. Choosing the right family lawyer could be the most important decision you make in the divorce process. There's life after divorce, and Laufer's team helps you to get there. Providing options to mediate, arbitrate, collaborate, or litigate, the firm handles issues such as alimony, custody, child support, and equitable distribution. Each case is staffed with both a male and female attorney as their clients benefit from having both gender perspectives on their side, and that distinguishes their firm. You can get your free consultation today by calling 973-285-1444 and mention that you heard about them on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I had exactly that experience with the client that I was speaking to before we got on this Zoom call. And uh, for the first time, she, her spouse was saying, I'm not going to give you a penny towards the kids. 
college education. I've, you know, she's from a state where, well, almost all the states, once a child is 18, there's no financial obligation uh, for a spouse to keep funding. And so her kids are over 18. And she said, you know, he's he doesn't give a penny more than he has to. And I said, well, okay, let's take a look at this. His position is that what he contributes is about equal in other ways to what you're laying out for college costs. Is it true? And she said, well, I don't think so. And I said, what would you need to do in order to determine if that's in fact true? So she said, well, I'll make a spreadsheet and I'll see what I'm laying out for the college costs and what he's laying out for the other costs that he is paying. And I'll see if they're they're equal. And she did that and they weren't. You know, her costs were quite a bit more considerate than his. And she presented it to him. And just, you know, I know you have this idea. I've done the numbers. You can double check them. But this is how much I'm laying out. This is how much you are. She didn't ask for more. Uh, and about four days later, she got a check in the mail to balance it out. And it was a great win. Uh, there was no arguing. There was just checking the numbers. There was going beyond this, this concept she had that he's not going to give a penny more than he has to. Mm -hmm. She changed her, her way of dealing with that. And he looked at it and went, oh, well, she's right. I'm, I'm assuming that's what he did in his head. And he wrote a check. Now, that saying that you said that faith and fear can't exist in the same place, there may be a time where I believe that. That time has passed. And there's a big difference between faith and fear. Fear is a, it's a biological reaction to what, our organism perceives as a threat to our existence. It's biochemical. It's an emotion. Faith is, uh, it, it's a choice. It, there's no biology there. It's pure prefrontal cortex creativity. Mm. And so, I know for myself, there's been plenty of times in my life I have been really, really, uh, I won't say I have been frightened. I'm going to say fear has arisen very powerfully inside me. And what I've done is I've asked myself, do I want to live out of this sort of ancient biological reaction or do I want to honor it acknowledge it i'm feeling tremendous fear and do i want to live out of my faith so they did exist at the same time i just made a choice which one do i live out of and even in my head at the time when okay well let's see if i live out of my fear what happens and i notice my heart starts racing i get shallowed breath and I feel like I want to jump out of my skin basically it's like uh, there's no place to hide there's no place to go I can't get out of this and it's very very uncomfortable okay that's how I feel if I live out of fear 
well, how do I feel if I live out of, okay, I don't know how this is going to resolve, but I'm going to have confidence. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to relax and I'm going to have confidence that the path forward, I will, the resources will show up that, that my commitment for this situation to lead me to a better place than the place I've been. If I take that on, how do I feel? And it's like night and day because the way I feel then is I can relax. I can go, yeah, that fear's there, but it's not running me anymore. It's not choosing how. So there's another distinction that I make. It's whether you react to a situation or you respond to a situation. Reaction is almost knee jerk. It's like you're going to do the first thing that pops into your head, which is usually fight, flee, or freeze when we're really in a fear state, versus a response, which the way I define it is a crafted, thought out, and intentional choice of how you're going to manage the situation. And I know all of us, uh, when we're coaching, it's really to help our clients move from the fear react to the faith response, you know, crafted, intentional, strategic response. And it's a world of difference that opens up. You know, the fear-based divorce goes in this direction. And the faith-based intentional response goes in this direction. And what happens over here is costs go up, both emotional and financial, and the divorce goes longer and longer and longer unless the person says, okay, no matter what, I don't care what the what it is, I'm just going to sign off. And I'm going to have this divorce be over. And then they're stuck with a settlement that totally doesn't work for them. Over here, the legal costs tend to quiet down, although they're still there. We're not saying they're going to disappear. Right. But the emotional cost drops extremely. And the time it takes to divorce is still the time it takes. But it's almost... um, when I say a challenge, I mean challenges that are difficult. And it's like when I get on the exercise bike and, and I want to do two minutes at, I don't know, 18 revolutions per minute. It's that kind of challenge. It's a challenge I'm going to take on to build my capacity. Not a challenge. It's being on top of challenge right. rather than underneath the challenge. Right. So, you know, fear, faith, higher emotional costs, higher legal costs, more time, faith, keeping your legal costs to the minimum, keeping your emotional costs, not only for yourself, but for the children to a minimum, and keeping the time it takes to a minimum. And it also is an amazing demonstration of living skillfully for your children if you have children, because you're demonstrating to them a way to be in the world, the way to be a human being that 
will really support them in in their lives ahead, in their own relationships, whether it's at work, whether it's with you, whether it's with their their other parent, um, in in every single way in their lives, they're they're seeing a way to interact with life that is skillful and right. not reactive. Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. And there are going to be plenty of um, challenges, trials, tribulations. There's going to be, as we all know, plenty of uncertainty. And so while you can use the practice of leaning into your faith, you can use divorce to practice leaning into your faith. Once you start building that um, muscle memory, so to speak, it is muscle, then the next time something happens, you get laid off, you find out about a health issue for you or a loved one, whatever it is, you're always going to have that choice. You're going to have that initial fear reaction, the dread, the, the discomfort, the fear that comes with it. And, and what if I choose, what if I choose faith? And so it is a practice that can really take us through life and, uh, allow us to have more uh, peace and um, responsiveness and calm going through tribulations as opposed to fear, which is um, often feeling a bit like a a hot mess and being reactive. There's another, if you, do you want to add something to that? I want to kind of talk about another angle to this. I did. You use the word practice, and um, it's so important to recognize that learning to go from a fear reaction to a a faith and a cognitive strategic response, it is a practice. It, It doesn't happen overnight. Your whole life, you may have been trained in the fear reaction response, and with support and with patience and with self-love, which that might also be a a new concept because when we grow up in an environment where we're always being criticized and the focus has been on what's wrong, we internalize it and we do that to ourselves 
And so we become our, our worst enemy in many ways because we're consistently attacking ourselves. Learning how to shift that, it happens uh, one small step at a time. And as I've heard Karen say in, in so many other of our wonderful, wonderful podcasts, at first, it might be an hour when you realize, oh, my God, I just I did the same thing. I went right into my fear reaction and what a mess I'm in. I'm such an idiot. I'm, it's like, no, stop. Because if you continue the practice of faith and if you continue to be kind to yourself, you'll see over time it might take it might take three days the first time. But as you practice, it'll get down to maybe three hours and then 30 minutes and then like three minutes. And then to the point before you react, you just like, okay, no, no, I'm activated. Let me just back up. Let me give me a timeout. Nobody needs to know it. Maybe I'll go to the bathroom. I'll take a walk around the block. I'll, I'll do 10 jumping jacks. Let me just calm down. Um, I'll take the 90 second pause with breathing and conscious relaxation. And then I'll figure out a response. But if you stay with it, we guarantee it will work for you. And the more trauma for those of you who've experienced real and consistent traumas in your past, Allow yourself even more time and more love because you've been through the ringer. And at this point in life, you're, you've got the key to get yourself out. You really do. And once you make that choice that I'm getting out of these patterns that have led me exactly to where I am right now that aren't working for me, you're going to be able to do it. And we just, we see it too often. It might take a year. It might take two years. It might take three years. Um, I know for me, and I didn't have severe trauma at all growing up. It took me like five, six years of, of watching myself react to slowing it down and being able, being able to create a crafted response, I'd say 90% of the time. You know, it's still not 100% of the time. Right. Right. Um, but you can change the dynamic. You can't change your past. But you certainly have all the agency in the world to change your present and to walk into a very, very different future. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. And, and it's a good segue into what I wanted to talk about, which is it's it's not just valuable in responding rather than reacting. There's also that paralysis that comes with fear. And so we talk about in our stepping out of chaos ebook that first you're there's, there's three steps. There is becoming aware of your behavior. There's being accepting of your situation and your behavior, and then there's action. And so often 
clients who are operating out of fear will come to the edge of their comfort zone and they can't, they feel like they can't make that step. They can't call the attorney. They can't tell their spouse that they want a divorce that, and, and they stay there. And that's another example of the fear that I, I, I intellectually know I've listened, I've read, um, I know where I want to go. And yet my fear stops me at the edge of my comfort zone. And that's where that faith, that leap that I'm so afraid that things are going to turn out in this bad way when I do this thing, right? Whatever that fear story is. And yet what we see over and over again is when we support, come alongside and support individuals to take those baby steps, to push through their, their fear, they're taking leaps of faith. They're um, believing without seeing that this is the better way to go. And so whether you're trying to be proactive with something or you're finding yourself in a reactive state that choice of let me slow this down. Let me trust. Let me have the faith that this is the right thing to do and that I will be okay on the other side of this is the one thing that is absolutely vital after you've done all of your reading and listening to push through that comfort zone and pushing through our comfort zones just expands our possibility, expands, uh, options and outcomes as opposed to staying in that very small box. And it's familiar. It's comfortable in its familiarity. Um, it's fear-based and it, it shrinks your world and it shrinks your opportunity and possibility and faith that that trust and that faith blows it wide open. And there's a difference in knowing it's the right thing to do and also knowing if you know the most effective way to do it. So, you know, it, when you recognize, in order for me to live a rewarding life, for those of you who choose divorce rather than those who have divorce thrust upon you, how you communicate that you you want to leave the marriage is a, a big step in setting the tone for how the divorce is going to go. And so knowing what you want to do and then asking yourself, at this point, given the conversations I've had with my spouse to date, do I know how to effectively communicate with my spouse the way he or she is in a way that will launch this divorce in the smoothest waters possible? And if your answer is, well, let me think about this. The last 15 conversations I've had have uh, ended up in either a stalemate, hostile science, silence, or yelling matches at each other. Chances are I probably don't have those skills yet. Okay. So knowing that you want out is step number one. 
determining whether at this point you have the skill set with communication to share that reality in a way that's going to work the most for you and your spouse and your kids instead of against you. Really great question to ask yourself. And even if you're further along in the divorce, and if it's more contentious than you want it to be, let's put it that way, however contentious it is, you can ask yourself, who could I communicate with? What resources are there for me to understand how to communicate more effectively, given my spouse's personality? Because more often than not, and Karen, you know, you tell me if I'm on, on a, a real track here, a truthful track, the folks that end up coming to us are not the folks who have a pretty collaborative marriage, but realizes it's run its course and they're ready for divorce. It's, you know, the folks who, who come to us generally, not all the time, um, have the kind of relationships that it's very difficult to, to talk, or if you do talk, it's very difficult to be heard, or if you are heard, it's very difficult to not be attacked. Right. Yeah, we definitely, I think, uh, I think we could uh, say that uh, many of our clients through their own either childhood upbringing, their relationship with their spouse uh, are, are fear-based, are reactive, are, um, are desiring to become aware of their ways of being that haven't worked for them and, um, and that often don't have the skills of boundaries and communication. And so as as you if this if this message if this topic really resonates with you uh, one of the things i want to throw right on the table is our rapid relief call uh and so if you don't have a strong support if you don't know who to turn to but you know that you need help that one hour free rapid relief call gives you an opportunity to see what our coaching is all about, walk away with tremendous value and some very clear steps to move you in the direction you want to go in. And that's available at rapidreliefcall.com. So if that resonates with you, just uh, go to the site and schedule your call and, and uh, you'll have an opportunity to work with one of our coaches for that hour. Um, just that's our give to you. Yeah, I'm wondering, it's, that's a, a great give, and it's amazing. There are a number of people who've called for rapid relief and, and just had that and reach out two months later, three months later, and say, thank you. Thank you so much for that free call. Um, I've made I've got leaps and bounds in the changes I've made, yeah. and I really appreciate it. So, um, there's no obligation on your part other than to be supported. And there's no intention on our part other than to support you and let you determine 
if the value is there, that that's something you would like to continue if if you can. Right. So was, go ahead. I was just wondering if it, it might be useful or fun to share with our listening audience one place where we most recently, you or I have used faith to be our North Star rather than fear in a situation, to, to make it more real for the two of us. Well, I can certainly share that over the last uh, four to five months, um, one of my children has been in a very precarious position. And one of the things for me is I'm pretty good with faith when it when it's my life. Uh, it's 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 I've practiced it long enough to stand pretty firmly in it. And because we're always learning and stretching uh, for me, the stretch was to to truly trust um, even in the midst of her pain and the uncertainty of the future, that this, this whole situation that she's facing is for her and that there's an outcome that is going to support her and, and in a brilliant way. And the practice of standing in that has changed uh, the way I've been able to support her and engage in the entire situation. Uh, and that has brought me peace that I believe has actually brought her peace and trust and, uh, and growth that never would have happened if we were both fully lodged in fear. It would have been a very, very different unfolding. And for me, I'm immune compromised. I, I'm a transplant patient. So I take drugs twice a day that tone down my immune system. And I guess all of you are probably well aware that we are in the middle of a pandemic. Well, maybe not in the middle. Maybe we're towards uh, a talent, God, God yeah, willing. Being, being optimistic here. And my brother, for legitimate reasons to him, and my brother is 10 years older than I am, and we've been very, very close. And he chose not to be vaccinated. So a year, you know, what, a year and a half has gone by, and uh, we live near each other, but um, I was only seeing him outside and, um, and mostly in the warm weather, the cold weather, we'd go outside. And I realized my brother's going to be 78 this year and I don't know how long I have or he has and I just realized that I I could live in fear and I can spend the next x number of months or years not well getting together with him as infrequently as I have or you know, I have three vaccinations in me now. It was my choice. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or just that's what I've chosen to do. He has none, but they're cautious. You know, he's older. He's diabetic. Uh, he's cautious. And I just said, you know what? Um, I've survived COVID once. Uh, I know I have some antibodies because I'm part of a study with uh, Johns Hopkins University and I'm going to see my brother. I'm just, I'm not going to let fear 
robbed me of this very, very precious relationship we've had for since I was born and since he was 10. And uh, I'm going to live in faith. I survived COVID once. I, chances are I could do it again. And I want to be with my brother. So we're still, you know, I'm still, he's still careful. And I'm still careful every place else I go. And um, it's a really good feeling not not allowing any more years to go by separating us. And uh, yesterday we went on a, a, a long hike and we went we went to a new coffee house where we live and shared a spanakopita and, and it was just so wonderful. We both had such a good time. So that's that's a concrete, another concrete example. We both use family in, in different ways, but um allowing my faith and and logic and intelligence to help me navigate the situation rather than my fear of, oh my God, every time I see him, I would tense up that, you know, maybe he could bring something to me that would kill me. Um, so that's in our lives. So as we wrap up, uh, I just want to um, invite each of you to consider where fear is running your behavior and what it might look like if you could practice stepping into faith in that space, in that uh, situation and, and push through your discomfort, take a leap of faith to practice faith and see how that works for you. Uh, Our experience is that it's, it's brilliant and expansive, and we believe that you'll experience that too. And reach out for that rapid relief call if you're so moved, and we would it would be our honor to get on the phone and support you. Any last words, Lise? Just like Nike, just do it. <laughs> you know, just try faith. Just make that choice. And... Uh, and not, it's not blind faith, remember. Try try intelligent faith. If, if you don't have the skills, um, just shut up for a minute and, and do some research and uh, you know, use your faith with wisdom. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much, Lisa. No, thank you, Karen. It's fun. And we will be back uh, with another episode of JBD Team Talks real soon. Until then, you take care. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.